0: Awesome. Thank you, John. Please be seated. Well, I wanted to start this morning with a confession. I I have a confession to make, and I know that this is a safe place. Uh, I've I've grown to trust all of you, and so I'm going to do that again this morning. I I I think that this is something that I've struggled with for a long time. I think it's something that a lot of guys struggle with. And to be honest, I'm just tired of hiding it. I I I think it's time to just, you know to come out about it and tell you the truth about it. Uh, A lot of you know that I struggle with this. I've shared it before. It's hard for us to admit. It's hard for guys to admit. It's hard for me to admit. But I've come to a point where I'm just kind of tired of carrying this burden. So I wanted to just make this confession before you today. In case you didn't know, so everyone knows, and we don't have to pretend like there's anything between us any longer. I struggle with directions. I get lost a lot. I know guys don't like to talk. We think we always know where we're going. We don't. And I and I am the absolute worst at this. That's why years ago, and some of you won't even know what this is, but years ago, before they had all these, you know, fancy devices, you could go online and you could fill out an online form to a website like MapQuest and print off turn-by-turn directions. Isn't this amazing? The technology was astounding, and it was amazing because you could put in, it didn't know know your current location, it wasn't that smart, but you could type that in, and type in where you were going, and then, you know, here, I went ahead and got directions from here to Houston, in case anyone wants to go to the Super Bowl today, if you want to come see me after, I'll Give you these directions so you'll know how to get there, um, turn by turn. And here's three pages. And in the last page, there's actually a cool little map in color because I have a color printer uh, that that shows you where you're going. And it's a pretty straight line. Just head south. And but even for me, I would get lost doing that. And so it's amazing that you could that you could do this. Of course, you know the history of this. This it started this way, but now you don't need this. Uh, that's good because for a guy like me, that's always lost. Like my car was littered with MapQuest <laughs> maps and turn by turn directions. The best thing was, is that a, a, after you did this, uh, you could print it off and then you could print like this little arrow that flipped it the other way to get you from where you were going to go back home. And that was great because I could never do the directions backwards. Some of you could do that. I can't do that. And so you could print out both, you know, to and from and get to where you're going and get home. It was amazing. Of course, over time, uh, we got devices that were able to, to, you could put a screen in your car and have your phones do this. And just a moment of truth, when you use your, your GPS, how many, you, how many of you have changed the setting so that when you hear that voice come over the speaker giving you turn-by-turn directions, it's got some cool accent, like a British accent, Australian, you know, whatever. You can pick your pick your you know the the, the language, and as long as it's like another English-speaking language, you can get a really really cool accent. That's that's been that's been helpful for me, but some of you know this too. That I grew up uh, in in the deep South in in Alabama. We we say LA; it's not Los Angeles. It means Lower Alabama. That's where I came from. And down there, we kind of have our own language, uh, our own Southern dialect. And I've been dying for years for someone to come out with a GPS that would speak that would actually speak my language. The good news is is I think they're about to come out with it. I found this video and I don't want to share it with you. So take a second and watch this. What's
1: up, man? How you doing? out the best way to get you there. This way will get you there quicker than a jackrabbit. I reckon y'all get there around quarter or two. Quarter or two? Is that 215? The phone says 145. A pace down the road. You'll see an Old Church that's now a shelter, and then two churches catty corner after that. Okay, be on the lookout. How far is a piece? At the second red light, take a ride. Right. Wait, was that, was that the second red light? Oop, you done gone too far. Hang on. <laughs> oh, great. We passed it. <laughs> All right, y'all stay on this road, and take a ride at the fork after you pass the Wilkins place. Otherwise, you'll have to grease the wagon twice before hitting the main road again. Okay, right at the fork. Done. You'll think you're lost or leaving the country. Turn right just before you get to the shale, Or is it a chevron? Pretty sure it's a shell. <laughs> place we used to go to sometimes to get slush puppies. Last time you had a slush puppy. Take a ride up there and your destination will be just over yonder. Over yonder? How far is that? says it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. (laughs) Your destination is over by where Chuck and them live. Oh, come on. (laughs) You done gone too far. Hang on. Never mind. You're good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Finally, a GPS that I can understand. This is going to be fantastic. Here's, Here's what I believe is true about you, that... Uh, the voices you hear, the things that, that, that you're allowing to speak into your life, the loudest, that determines the direction and the destination of your life. And, and this is true of all of us. This is true of, of everybody. This is the way we're made, the way that we're wired. This is, why, this is why companies will spend millions of dollars to get celebrities to endorse their products, Right. Uh, This is why Under Armour wants Steph Curry uh, to to wear their shoes and for him to say that that their shoes are the best basketball shoes in the world because they know all the little boys around the world that are playing basketball will hear that and and that will carry weight with them and that will drive their purchase. And that's why Nike battles back by getting LeBron James to wear their shoes to say that they're the best so that everybody will buy their shoes. That's why tonight, you know this, everybody's favorite part of the Super Bowl are the what? Commercials. And and, and I read last night that that like for 30 seconds of commercial time, the average cost for 30 seconds tonight during the Super Bowl is like around $5 million. Are you kidding me? Five million bucks for 30 seconds of TV time. Why, Why would anybody be willing to pay that? Well, they know. They know that those who are heard the most, those who speak the loudest, right that's going to help that's going to help drive your direction your destination your purchase power everything they know this truth and so they want to elevate their voice above the rest because the voices we hear they they, they determine the direction and the destination of our lives and the question that i want us to think about this morning it's really a simple question but it's it's got huge implications is what what is the voice What is the voice that you're listening to that is determining the direction and the destination of your life? What are the voices that we're listening to that are determining the direction and the destination of our lives? If you don't know, just look at where you're going, where you're headed, and that'll probably reveal, right, what voices are carrying weight with you. Well, we'll come back to that in a minute, but I, I wanted to start there because I want us to think about this idea. There's an idea in Scripture, and, and you see this up, me, uh, up here beside me, uh, uh, this shepherd staff here. There's, there's an idea all throughout Scripture uh, of, of a shepherd and his sheep. It's sort of this, uh, this metaphor for leadership. It's this, this image uh, used throughout Scripture for, for God and for the, the, the people that God chose as his leader. And, and I don't know a lot about sheep. I don't have any sheep, although I have this shepherd's crook here. I bought this on Amazon. Um, it is handmade. It is out of wood. It's really beautiful. But um, you probably know that a shepherd's staff was used for really a, a couple of primary things by, by any shepherd. First, you had this, this part down here uh, that is more of a rod. And uh, you know, if I could get uh, you know a fifth grade boy up here, it would become a lightsaber. Uh, but this is this was used for protection. Uh, you know, you could, you could defend your sheep with this rod. It was strong. It was powerful. You could use it to, to beat back whatever wolf or, or predator was coming your way. And the other end was the shepherd's crook right here, which is really cool. Because you could use this to sort of care for and tend for the sheep. You could, you could use it to, to grab a sheep around the leg or a small lamb under the belly or, or grab it by the neck and kind of pull it over to you. And, and it was used to care. And, and so in this one, this one ancient device, you have this, this, uh, this, this staff that was both used for protection And for care, and it was carried by a shepherd because a shepherd's chief job uh, was to to care for and protect his sheep, and to lead them, to love them. Right? That's what what a shepherd does. And so, all throughout Scripture, you have this this image of a shepherd and his sheep, and you even have people uh, like like leaders throughout you know the story of God who this was this was their primary occupation before they did anything else. I mean, think about Moses. Before God called Moses, he was a shepherd. He was out in the Wilderness, tending his sheep before God called David. What did David do? He was, he was a shepherd. He, he took care of his sheep. And so it was a great image for, for people because it was a very common image for people to, to, to look to and relate to. And so throughout scripture, God is often referred to as sort of a shepherd. A couple of verses, you'll, you'll, you'll recognize some of these, but Isaiah 40, Isaiah said this, see the sovereign Lord comes with power. He tends his flock like a shepherd He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young. It's the picture of God as a shepherd. The most famous one, Psalm 23, I won't read the whole thing, but you know that David wrote these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. He goes on to say, he talks about this very device used by shepherds and he paints this picture of God as a shepherd and the people of God as the sheep and he said this, this this is what God is like you, you want to know what God is like God's like he's like a shepherd he's that person that that leads the sheep he's that person that cares for the sheep and comforts the sheep that protects the sheep that's you want to know what God is like he's he's kind of like a shepherd and so it, it really shouldn't surprise us as we're reading through the Gospel of John like we've been doing the last few weeks, and we're, we're trying to learn and discern what is Jesus like and what does Jesus say about who he is and what he's all about, that, that one of the images, one of the chief images that Jesus, is, that Jesus uses is that of a shepherd. And so if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, if you want to open those up or, or turn those on, we're going to be looking at John 10. We looked at John 10 uh, two weeks ago, and that was on purpose. We zoomed in really tight to a few verses in the middle of this chapter that talked about Jesus being the gate, which we'll come back to in a minute. But as you zoom out, uh, that lends a little bit to a wider picture. You see that, that what Jesus is talking about there in the, the bigger context was himself as a shepherd. And so in John 10, verse 1, Jesus says these words. He says, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Again, Jesus is using this idea to say that what a shepherd does is he lays down at the entrance of the sheep pen. And he is both the gate and the way through the gate. And so if someone comes through the gate, you know he's the real shepherd. If he's not, if he's a thief or a robber, he's going to break in some other way. But a shepherd, the good shepherd, a real shepherd comes in through the gate. And in verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And then, and then hear these words. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Now, I think this is really interesting uh, for a lot of us, we, it's hard for us because we, we didn't grow up with this. We didn't grow up you know, out where, where there were shepherds and sheep, so we don't really understand this. But as you start to read and understand a little bit about how shepherds and sheep work, it's really, really amazing. Because sheep really did know the sound of the voice of their shepherd. And what would happen so often, in fact, I'm told that even even if you go there today, some of you may have been there and you've seen this, but if you go there today, you'll see sheep all gathered grazing together with with sheep from different flocks and different places that belong to different shepherds. And then one at a time when it's time to to gather his sheep, each shepherd one at a time will will call out some sort of call or some sort of sound that's particular to him and to his sheep. And as he calls out that sound, as he makes that, that noise, those sheep begin to come to him. And the next shepherd does the same thing. The next shepherd does the same thing. And, and one at a time they call their sheep. And the sheep that belong to them, to their flock, they come to that shepherd. They have a peculiar call, a particular call. And the shepherd can call them and his sheep will come to him. They know the sound of his voice. But not just that. Jesus says he calls them by name. And this is really cool. I could, I could maybe imagine if if a shepherd, if a if a, if a, if a A shepherd in the day of jesus had a small flock of sheep he might know all of them individually he might have names for them i don't know but the larger your flock the more impossible that gets that's just simple math right but jesus says a good shepherd he knows this isn't a flock of no name sheep he knows each one of them by name and not only that but he leads them and i love this image you want to know what a shepherd is all about you know what shepherds do they lead their flock They're not in the back poking and prodding them. They don't have whips. They're not driving them like cattle. These are sheep. And what a shepherd does when he has his sheep is he he leads them. And wherever he goes, they follow. This is what a shepherd does. He leads his sheep. He leads them. And then Jesus says this in verse 4. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because... They don't know his voice. So again, the shepherd walks in front of his sheep. And I love that again. We sang it a while ago. We know who goes before. We know who comes behind. There's nowhere their sheep are going to go that the shepherd hasn't gone first. This isn't the shepherd giving the sheep turn by turn directions. This is, this is the shepherd out in front. He's in the car ahead. And there's nowhere, that, there's nowhere they're going to go that he hasn't already gone first to make sure it's good, to make sure it's safe, to make sure it's where they're supposed to go. And they follow him because they know his voice and they trust his leadership, and they won't follow just any shepherd. They'll only follow their shepherd because sheep follow what they know. And then you skip down to verse 11, and Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. That's who I am. I'm like that shepherd you've seen over there with the sheep, except I'm a really good shepherd. The good shepherd, this is how you know the difference. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep, the hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and he scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd. And I sacrifice my life for the sheep. This is huge. I mean, you understand this, right? This is this is this is really this, this isn't normal. Like if a wolf or a bear or a lion or whatever, oh my, come and attack the sheep, any normal shepherd would not put the life of a sheep above his own life. That's just dumb. You wouldn't do that. If it's, if it's, if it's my life or the life of some you know, little lamb, it's, it's always going to be the sheep that's going to die, not me. But Jesus says, here's how you know that I'm the good shepherd, because I will literally lay down and sacrifice my life for the sheep. Now, we mentioned this a minute ago, but I want to remind you of this because it's so true. Jesus is talking to the religious leaders right now. And right in front of him are the people, the men who were supposed to be good shepherds, but they were behaving much more like thieves and robbers. They were taking that position and using that position for their own prestige, for their own power, for their own gain, to line their own pockets. And Jesus looks right into the audience and he says, I'm the good shepherd. And you have failed miserably at being the shepherds of the flock of the people of God. And here's how you know the difference. Because I will literally lay down and sacrifice my life for the sheep. I'm I'm not like any other shepherd and I'm certainly not like any of you. Because I love my sheep and I will lay down and I will die for my sheep. When trouble comes, I'll protect When the thief and the robber, the lion, the bear and the tigers, when they come, I will fight. I will defend. That's what I do. Because I'm a good shepherd. In verse 14, you know when Jesus says something twice that carries weight. He says again, I am the good shepherd and I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Don't miss this. You know, growing up when your mom told you something twice, you better, you know, get to it. When Jesus says something, you know, it's time to, to, to perk your ears up and pay attention. Jesus says twice here in just a matter of a few verses, emphatically, I am the good shepherd. This is who I am. I am the good shepherd and I will lay down my life for you. And don't miss this. I love this. He says, I'm the shepherd and I'm the gate to to my father. I'm the way. If you want to know where my father is, I'll take you there. Listen to my voice, follow my lead, and I'll give you entrance to be where he is. But this is what I want for you. I want you to have the same relationship with my father that I have with my father. That's what I want for you. I I think it's amazing. It's like me saying to you, I want you to have the same relationship with me that my son has with me. I, I love my son. I love my daughters. I do not know how it would be possible for me to have the same relationship with you that I have with them. I don't know how. I mean, I love them like nothing else. We spend time together. I'm there when they wake up. I'm there when they go to sleep. We, we talk all day long. Uh, I know everything about them inside and out. I have this intimate relationship with my son and with my daughters that, that you, you know, if, you, if you're a parent or if you have parents, you know what that's like. And Jesus is saying, that's what I want for you. I want you to have the exact same kind of relationship that I have with my father. And oh, by the way, you should, because you two are sons and daughters of God. And so you should have this and you can have this. And the way to have this is to follow the sound of my voice. And let me lead you to where he is. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, that's how I want you to know him. So I sacrificed my life for the sheep. So the question I want us to wrestle with today is really a very simple question. What voice is determining your direction and your destination today? And is it the voice of your father? Growing up, I had a, still have a great relationship with my dad. And he had this ability to make like this whistle sound. I can't even, I can't do it. He can do it. I can't do it. But it wouldn't matter where I was. If we, were, if we were out at a busy store, if we were you know, down the street from each other, if we were down the hall from each other, if we were somewhere in different places in the house, if I heard this sound, if, if, if he were in the room today, even if, I, even if I didn't know he was here and I heard this sound, I would look for him because it was sort of like our secret code. You know? And if I heard this sound, I knew that my dad was looking for me, that I had to turn and look to where that sound was because I knew it was the sound of my father. Do you know? Do you know the sound of your father? Do you know the sound of the voice of your Father. And what voice in your life today is determining the direction and the destination of your life? And is it the sound of the Good Shepherd? See, here's what I think is true. I think we hear a lot of voices. And I don't mean that in a weird way. But I just believe it's true. Some of us, All of our lives, we've had these voices on repeat in our life, and they are determining and directing our lives. And it's that voice that says, you're not good enough. Somewhere along the way, some way, somehow, someone who carried weight in your life said something like that, that you weren't good enough, you weren't athletic enough, you weren't pretty enough, you weren't tall enough, you weren't skinny enough, you weren't this enough, you weren't smart enough, you weren't that enough, whatever it was. And to this day, that idea that you're not enough has driven your life because you believed that lie that you're not. Enough, but that's not the voice of the good shepherd. Good shepherd says you are you are enough, you are enough. You determine the 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 value of something by looking at the price that was paid for it, right? And so I looked just a few minutes ago before I got to speak. I was checking the prices for the Super Bowl. If you still want to go, you can get there. Tickets start at twenty five hundred bucks. That's how much they're worth. That's their value. You want to know what your value is? You know this. Take one look at the cross and you'll see the price paid for you. Take one look at at the good shepherd, at Jesus Christ on the cross with his arms outstretched with a crown of thorns on his head and then you come and tell me that you're not good enough. That you're not worth it. That you're not a person of value. No, you are. You are. And I know we say it. I know we feel it. We don't feel like we deserve it. We don't feel like we're worth it. We even sing songs like that sometimes and I know what we're trying to say but I think God just looks on us and when he hears that, he wants to say, would you please take a look at the cross where my son died for you and would you know your value and would you know that you are enough? You are worth it. You're absolutely worth it. If anybody ever told you that you weren't enough, they were wrong. It's the voice of the liar, the enemy. Some of you, I know this is me, some of you, it's, it's, it's that one person who said that one thing. It was that one critique. It was that one insult. It was that one email. It was that one, you know, backhanded comment. I love what John Acuff says. He's an author and a speaker. And he said one time that, you know, one insult plus a thousand compliments equals one insult. It's critics math, right? You get this. If you've ever experienced this, people can sing your praises all day long. The one person can say one thing about you that really hurts and that is the one thing that you focus on. But that's not the voice of the good shepherd. The voice of the good shepherd is always wanting to lift your head and to show you his care and his concern and his compassion for you. That's what the voice of the good shepherd is. Some of you, and I get this too, some of you, when you do get still and when you do get quiet, what you hear, what you hear and you think it's the voice of God. And this is where the enemy is just tricky and sly and mean. You think it's the voice of God and what it is, is, is it's a voice reminding you of all the things that you've done wrong. Of your mistakes, of your bad choices, of your sin. Of all the ways that your life went and it should have gone a different way, but you, you, you did it. It was your call. It's your past. And he brings that up. And you think it's the voice of God convicting you, reminding you, but I want to tell you it's not. I just want to to speak this truth over our church today, and I want to say this out loud, and I want you to know that this is true. That the voice of the Good Shepherd, the voice of God, will never, ever remind you of what you've done. He will always remind you of what he's done on the cross through Jesus Christ. The voice of the Good Shepherd... He's not concerned with your past. He's concerned with your present and your future. And he's way more interested in what he did on the cross for you. He will never remind you of what you've done. He'll always remind you of what he's done. What voice? What voice are you listening to today? Because the voice you hear will determine the direction you go. The voice that you listen to, the voice that you follow, it will determine the the direction and the destination of Your life, but you have to choose which voice you want to follow. I'll never forget when when they first started coming out with those GPS devices, and my family because they love me and they're tired of me getting lost. They bought me one for Christmas, and so we got it and I got it all hooked up and updated, installed. It's on the dash; it's right there. And it takes about two days to program where you're going to go, you know. But but it worked, you know. And I'll never forget the first time I got in in the car and um, I was ready to go somewhere. I should probably tell you that that my wife, Alicia, who I dearly love, is excellent with directions. It's one of the reasons I married her, and I'm not even lying. Um, I think you could drop her off in the woods in the middle of nowhere, blindfolded, and she could find her way home. She's just really, really good with directions. And so I love that about her because I was always lost, and she knew where to go. And so I was like, you just tell me, turn left, turn right. I'll, I'll, I don't mind driving. I just can't get there, um, at least not quickly. And so I'll never forget the first time I got the GPS hooked up, and we, we, we programmed it to go to wherever we are going. And I distinctly remember pulling up to a stop sign and the GPS said turn left and Alicia said turn right. I was like, oh no, (laughs) here we go. I was like, babe, I really don't care. I don't know which way to go, you know, but the GPS has been updated. It's got a really cool British accent. It's, uh, you know, it's it's got internal maps. I feel like it it knows which way is right. And she's like, but if you go that way, it's going to, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And it was decision time. I had to choose my wife or the GPS, so you know what I chose? My wife. <laughs> the GPS was not going to make me sleep on the couch that night. It was, it was an easy decision. You know? I chose her way, you know? You have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. Which voice are you going to listen to? And is it the voice of the Good Shepherd? You know, I would really challenge you. To test me on this. Test God on this. This week, just take one day. Take one day, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's Monday, I don't know. But take one day and, and try, turn down all the other voices in your life and turn up the volume on the voice of God and see what happens. Maybe that means for, for one day, you, it's, there's no radio, there's no TV, you know, there's no social media. You're going to turn down all the other voices in your life around you. And then turn up the volume of the voice of the good shepherd of your father. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I would even say go to John because that's kind of where we are as a church right now, tracking with, with John and his gospel, the story of Jesus. If you go there, so many of, your, of our Bibles, they have the words of Jesus in red letters. And, and I would say skip over all the black letters and go right to the red letters of Jesus, the words of Christ, and just, just for one day, Download the UVersion Bible app. You can download that. You can go to the Gospel of John. The word's there are in red letters too. And if you're driving, if you're working out, if you're exercising, if you're on the go, you can push play and it'll read it to you. Turn up the volume of the voice of the Good Shepherd just for one day and see what happens. What would happen if we as a church were to turn down all the other voices just for a day and turn up the voice of the Good Shepherd. I believe. I believe amazing things could happen. Because the voice you hear, it's simple. It's going to determine the direction of your life. Church, if you would stand with me. I know it would be awesome if you could buy a GPS and instead of some redneck voice telling you which way to go, if if it was God. And he could give you turn-by-turn turn directions. That would be really cool. But that's not how God works. You know that. I know that. We would really love for God to just say it, but he doesn't sometimes. He leads us. But he doesn't give us turn-by-turn. Turn. But my guess is you probably already know what it is that God wants you to do. And I'll admit it's probably the hard, the hard thing. There's a saying, sometimes the hard thing and the right thing are the same thing, and that's normally true with God. It's not easy to say you're sorry. It's not easy to make things right between you and another person. It's not easy to make things right between you and God. It's not it's not easy to be honest. It's not always easy to tell the truth. It's not easy to 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 go out on a limb and and take a leap of faith and, and do what you know that you should do that God's calling you to do, but you don't want to do because it's hard. I know. But I think you know if you listen to the voice of your father, the voice of the good shepherd, you know what to do. You don't need turn by turn directions. You know what's right. You know what's right. And today what I want to challenge you to do is to do that. To listen to the voice of your father. To hear the voice of the good shepherd. And to follow him where he's leading you. He's not going to drive you there. He's not going to poke in pride. He'll lead. He'll lead. And he wants to take you to where he is. And where he is is in the presence of his father. And today, maybe some of you, you realize you've been listening to the wrong voices for far too long, and we're going to sing a song in a minute, and, and if you just need prayer over that, our elders are going to be around the room, and they may be praying with some folks, and you can join in that prayer, or you can find one of them, or come find me, and we'll pray with you. If you want to hear the voice of God again, maybe it's been a long time since you've heard the voice of God, and you want to hear the voice of God, you can hear his voice. He wants to be with you. He wants to speak to you. Every week I pray that he will speak to me and speak through me and I know he wants to speak to you today too. Some of you, some of us, we've got to make the decision to, to let him be our good shepherd, to let him lead us. And if that's you, we'd love to, we'd love for you to meet Jesus in this water right behind us where he says he will wash away your sins and there's nothing magical about the water, it's all about Jesus and what he wants to do in your heart and your life. Wherever you are right now, This is my prayer. Turn down all the other voices and lean in and listen to the voice of your Father. Draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. That's a promise. Let's sing.